everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today on episode 109 of the Real Life Runners podcast. A lot of times we talk about pushing to be your best and reaching for excellence. And while that is very important, sometimes being good is good enough. And not only is it good enough, it's oftentimes very desirable. And today we're going to talk about that idea. This is the Real Life Runners Podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. So fall race season is in full swing. Winter races are coming, so the training plans are starting to ramp up as as we head into the the cooler months of the year here uh, here in Florida. Yay! Uh, hooray! Finally, <laughs> um, I made a very fall themed dinner tonight, and it was wonderful. It was it was very fall themed, which yeah. was nice that it was not last week when we briefly had that spurt of mid nineties. Yeah, it was still pretty hot today, <laughs> but it's okay. The, the cooler air is a coming. I can feel it in the mornings. <laughs> so, so with the the racing season in full swing. Uh, I thought we'd look at an idea that, you know, runners are very big into pushing themselves. Yes. I think that a lot of our audience is like, yes, I run. I want to see how far I can go, how deep I can dig. I just want to keep on pushing. Mm-hmm. And that's great. Uh, especially with a race on the horizon, then people are like, oh, I really have to push because the race is coming. And there are some really good benefits of pushing. We talk about this all the time about pushing yourself and seeing how much you can dig. Yeah, but it's also important for us to know that Every workout that we do is not a race. Every plank that we do is not a competition to hold it as long as we possibly can. Every task that we take on should not require us to dig deep into the well and scrape out every last bit of energy in the name of greatness. Like, yes, greatness is very important. And striving for excellence is something that we talk about constantly on this because it is something that we very highly believe in. But you have to also understand that you just can't push to 100%, 100% of the time in all things. Like you'll usually just burn out. It's just I shouldn't like... say usually. You just will. You'll yeah. bur- you're burn out. You can't go all the way, all the time, or you're just going to die out. Especially in like six different areas. Like I'm going to yeah. go all out in my running and with my family and every meal is going to be home cooked and completely organic start to finish. And I'm also going for that promotion at work. And mm-hmm. it's like, no, something's got to give. And you can actually usually succeed even greater by pulling back a little bit, by finding that pace that isn't, uh, at, all out, just grind it as deep as you possibly can as much as it's comfortably difficult. Right. And we do talk a lot about recovery on our podcasts as well and the importance of recovery, the importance of easy days, the importance of easy running. And that is hugely important as well. Like it's important to strive for greatness and push hard. It's important to recover and have those easy days. But today we're going to be talking more about that medium effort. We're going to be talking about that moderate pace, the moderate effort, like having something like Kevin just said, that's comfortably difficult. Like it still feels challenging, but it's not requiring you to just go all out all the time. Right. It's a phrase that I've been using a lot this season with our kids is finding it's a pace, finding an effort that is comfortably difficult and just living there for a while Mm -hmm. where it's like, yeah, okay, I would like to be going easier than this, but I could go faster if I wanted to. And then how relaxed can you feel like when you're running at that pace? Right. And it's important not to do this all the time though, because again, this is one of those mistakes that a lot of runners make, especially a lot of beginner runners, when they go out and just start running at that medium pace, 
over and over and over again, every single run is that medium to moderate pace. And that's not what we're talking about here at all, because most of your runs should be easy recovery runs, like a level two out of 10 on an effort scale. That's what the majority of your running should be. But pushing more to this moderate pace is definitely important, and but it just should not be done all the time either. Right. And I mean, there are also times that you want to push really hard, you know, pushing through really difficult patches in a run, pushing through really difficult workouts. That is a good path to success Mm -hmm. as long as you're just sprinkling it in. Like the really difficult workouts are are seasoning. It's not it's not the whole like this is not your training plan is super hard day followed by a super hard day followed by a super hard day followed by broken. Like that's not a good plan. (laughs) That's not a good plan for long term (laughs) fitness and improvement. You know, there's a, there's a saying that the road less traveled is less traveled because it's difficult. And a lot of runners take pride in like, yes, I'm doing that because no one else will do it. Look at me. I'm up at five in the morning and I've got 10 miles to go today. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's great. But are you looking at the big picture or are you just trying to show how hard you can push that one day? Mm-hmm. Sometimes you want to be able to push, but you also want to look at the big picture and make sure that you are getting the recovery and that every hard day is not... It, it can be physically challenging, but it doesn't have to like mentally drain you also. Yeah. That was what one of our kids actually said at practice day. The way that we had our workout set up, the workout got mentally easier as, as it went along. It got mm-hmm. physically harder because the paces kept picking up, but the distance they were running got shorter. Mm-hmm. And she go, looks at me and she goes, oh, so the workout gets easier as it goes on. I'm like, no, you keep getting faster. She goes, yeah, but you don't have to run as much. Mm-hmm. It's an easier workout. Yeah. Like, yes, exactly. It takes the mental strain out of the workout. Right. And it's all the way that you phrase that and frame it in your mind as well. So yes, it's important for you to have those times that you're pushing really hard and you're testing your limits and you're really trying to push past and try to really see where your limits exist. But you can't be doing that all the time. And Again, on the other hand, on the opposite end of the spectrum, recovery is also very important. So in general, we usually advise our athletes not to put two difficult days in a row. Like obviously the athletes that we coach, we don't put two difficult days in a row, but sometimes life gets in the way and they have to kind of move things around and sometimes they'll miss a day and not be sure what to do. And we'll always tell them, well, if for some reason you can't get a hold of us and and get our advice, do not put two difficult days in a row, like a workout, a speed workout, and then a long run, because it's just a lot on your body. Like recovery is definitely important. This was something I, I ended up hitting a lot in college. We would do a long run on Sunday, and then we would follow it by essentially like a tempo pace run on Monday. Mm-hmm. And then we'd have a speed workout on Tuesday. And it doesn't sit like the long run is at an easy pace. So a lot of people are like, oh, that's my easy run because it's at an easy pace. Is it that easy of a run if you're out there for two hours? It might not be that easy of a run. Mm-hmm. And then Monday, Everybody was like, well, we didn't go that fast yesterday. So suddenly people would start pushing. It got a little competitive. Every once in a while people would start racing in the middle of practice. And suddenly Mm -hmm. we're just flying through the streets. And that was a brisk day. And then Tuesday was an actual workout where coach is there with a stopwatch. And you're pushing it on that day. And a few weeks into the season, I was just exhausted. Wednesdays usually went terrible for me Mm -hmm. because I was so spent by the time I got to that day. So recovery is super important. You need both physical recovery and mental recovery to actually gain the benefits from the hard days. Right. Because without that recovery, those 
hard days just lead to burnout and injury. Like you said, like, I mean, by the time Wednesday rolled around for you, you were just done on the week and you still had half the week to go. I still had Thursday's workout. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And sometimes Saturday's race. So you want to make sure that you're getting that recovery along the way. Also, if you're not getting the recovery, you're actually not gaining the benefits of the workout. Mm -hmm. You know, you to actually gain the benefits the workout breaks you down the recovery is where you actually build back and build back stronger Mm -hmm. so if you miss the recovery and you're just like no no no, i need another workout you're just putting more breakdown on top of breakdown and never allowing yourself to build back up Mm -hmm. if you take the time and actually put in the good food and the rest and everything you build back so much stronger but you need the recovery yeah especially in college i mean when did you ever sleep especially with the major wednesdays yeah especially (laughs) with the major that you had you know because so you were just constantly breakdown 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 and you never allowed your body to build itself back up which is what that recovery does yeah i i disregarded this entire episode like the entire episode start to finish there were not easy recovery days is this like a letter to yourself (laughs) it's a letter to my former self (laughs) hey 19 year old kevin dear kevin We should get like Jimmy Fallon. Perfect. To like sit down and write the note. Yes, he'll have the music <laughs> playing in the background. It'd be fantastic. Dear Kevin. Um, yeah, but I mean, that was the thing is I, I wasn't eating correctly. I was not sleeping ever. Um, and then I was just training. And then you were a college student. Right. And I was training over my head every single day I was out there. So it was, it was brutal. Yeah. Um, so when you're looking at your training plan, training involves finding that balance of efforts during the week. You cannot go hard every single day. And you also don't want to make it super easy recovery every single day too if you're looking to improve. You know, for some people, they just want to go out and run their three miles or their five miles and they just maintain and that's fine. But if you're looking for some sort of improvement, you have to sprinkle in different effort levels throughout the week. Yeah, this is this is where this episode gets a little tricky because is as much as praising the the goodness of a medium effort is is great like you said some runners fall into this trap where every day is the same medium effort mm-hmm. they never really fluctuate their training they don't have an easy day that is easy enough that they're fully recovering and they don't have a hard day that's ever really pushing them into the the orange let alone the red zone so they just sort of live in that middle ground and if every day is the middle ground you're not really gaining a huge amount of benefit mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But sometimes training in that middle ground gives you a lot of, of advantages. And, you know, as we keep talking here, there's a lot of, of pace ranges. There's a lot of effort levels that can still technically be under the giant umbrella of medium. Mm-hmm. It's all a matter of perspective as well. Most things actually are, which is really a matter of perspective. I mean, I would say all things. I, yeah. I, I would say not most, but all things are a matter of perspective. But so uh, like a lot of runners do train at that medium pace so like Kevin was saying so this can be a little tricky so when you're starting out and when you're trying to figure out these different effort levels like if you're new to effort level training or pace training or any of this the the beginning focus and this is where we usually start most of our people is learning what an easy pace actually is because like we said a lot of people fall into this medium trap where they're just running medium all the time and then when they try to add in some of the speed work at the harder effort levels they don't have it. They're like, I, I can't hit those paces or I can't run that fast. And it's because they don't know what easy is. So in order to do the hard, you also have to find the easy. So by finding the two ends of the spectrum, finding the easy first, then you're able to start to hit some of those higher end speeds and hit some of those harder efforts. Then that's 
after you find those two things, then you can kind of go back and try to find the different ranges of medium, like what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's that's one of the first things that we do with people is like, okay, go as, as comfortable as you can and still be running. And then mix that up with some, some really short stuff, like 20 seconds, 15 seconds, where you're really pushing. Mm-hmm. Okay, now anything in between those is technically middle. Like that, that's your medium thing. So find something that you can hold for five minutes. You know, if, if you can go out and run for 20 at, at, at your easy and you can push really hard for 20 seconds at a hard, something that you can hold for three, four minutes is in the middle. That's mm-hmm. medium. Yeah. Because if you look at the scale of one to 10, like if you're going to grade your effort, there's a thing called rating of perceived exertion or RPE that a lot of science scientific literature uses a lot of things um, regarding running and endurance training use this rpe scale to rate how hard you feel like you're pushing yourself and so a level one and two are very easy a level nine and ten are hard but now you've got levels three through eight like what are those (laughs) that's a lot of medium it's a lot of medium and (laughs) that's what i'm saying is the medium is quality and medium has so many levels built into it but when you're first getting into running find easy, find hard, and then find something in the middle and just kind of be like, okay, this is roughly five for me. Cause it's not, it's not so close to the hard. It's not so close to the easy. I feel like I'm, I'm pushing a little bit, but it's not, I'm not just burning. My legs aren't on fire. My head isn't screaming at me. I could hold this for a little bit of time. Mm -hmm. And I think that this is definitely difficult for new runners because new runners are just trying to figure out what the heck they're doing and how to run in the first place. And if you're new to running, how far you actually are capable of running has a lot of impact on what a medium pace is. Because for some people that are doing like their very first couch to 5k, they can only go out and run for like maybe a minute, maybe less, you know, it, it, it depends. So if you go and tell them like, oh, your medium tempo pace is a pace that you can hold for an hour, like <laughs> they're not running for an hour yet. So what the heck is that? You know, like there's so many different levels of medium and so much of it is dependent on how far you are currently able to run, how long you're able to be out there, what your race experience is, what your running experience is. Like Kevin has been running much longer than I have. So he has many different levels under his belt that he understands in his body and his legs than I do. I'm getting there. You know, I'm learning more as I run, as I train, as I race. I'm definitely learning that there are these different levels of medium, but it's still difficult for me sometimes. And it's still, you know, is this a four or a five? Is this a five or a six? Like, and every given day is different, you know, but um, trying to find those levels within yourself is really the key. And this is going to be one of those things that is that lifelong journey. Like it's never the same as it was the day before. And it's not going to be the same as it will be six months from now. No, I mean, there's, there's so many things that can come in that makes your medium feel medium. Maybe it was easy the day before, and then you didn't get any sleep last night. And now that's suddenly a medium effort. Right. So when yeah, that easy pace run is now a medium run, right? you know, you see some of these plans out there that's like, Oh, run at marathon pace. What does that mean for somebody who's never completed a 5k, Mm -hmm. you know, and maybe that's a medium pace. Maybe that's an easy pace. It kind of depends on how fast you can run a marathon. Right. You know, I've seen a lot of people that are like, well, it's an easy pace if you could hold it for four hours. Mm-hmm. Well, some people can't finish a marathon in four hours. So 
what's marathon pace to them? Is right. marathon technically medium at that point? Is mm-hmm. it like, is it still easy? It's, it's kind of, it's a question mark. That's there's why, a lot of gray. Yeah, there's a lot of gray area in this. That's why I like the numbers better than saying like, this is, uh, this is your 5k pace, you know, because 5k pace for one person could be 15 minutes and for somebody else could be 30. Mm-hmm. Well, those are very different workouts. Mm-hmm. A pace that you could hold for 15 versus 30 minutes is a very different thing, no matter who you are. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, but when, those people are still putting forth the same amount of effort in theory. Yeah. But one person can hold that effort for 30 minutes. The guy who can run a 5k in 15 can't hold that same effort for 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. So it, uh, it, it's part of what makes this whole, you know, training plan for all levels simultaneously, a bit of a challenge. And it's why I like the, the numbers are a nice way to, to generalize it of run at what feels like a four out of 10. Yeah, and I was going to say, which numbers are you talking about? Effort level? Effort numbers? levels. Okay. If, if you have specific time goals that you're aiming for in whatever race, then it's nice to be able to say like, okay, well, if I'm aiming for a 5K and I want to hit like, I don't know, let's say nine minute miles in my 5K, then you're going to do some training that's at like 9.30 and 10 minute pace. You're going to do some training that's at like 8 and 8.30 pace and you're kind of going to sort of narrow it down until you you get comfortable with that nine minute pace Mm -hmm. as comfortable as you can while racing a 5k which is never really all that comfortable never comfortable right but the opening like couple of minutes of it is not that bad right so that's that gets into still the big giant gray area that is medium right so when you say that you do some running above the pace that you're kind of shooting for for the 5k and then you do some running below the pace that you're shooting for and then you kind of try to hone in I think it's important to kind of talk about this idea a little bit too because you're not going out and doing whole runs like that because obviously if you're shooting for nine minutes in a 5k you're not going to be able to go out and run three miles at a pace faster than that in like a normal training workout so this is where we kind of get into starting to do some interval types of training where you're like breaking up um, these different medium efforts into smaller chunks for you to be able to run successfully at these given paces. So when we look at things that are a medium pace, like the traditional tempo run, right? You define the traditional tempo run as, well, I guess whoever you like to follow defines (laughs) this, right? But one of the definitions you like to follow regarding tempo is this is a pace that you can hold for if you were to race for one hour. Right. It's kind of uh, Jack Daniels classic definition of the tempo run. Okay. Is, Jack Daniels <laughs> um, is the, or Kevin Brown. When, not, not quite. <laughs> I, I believe we'll give that one to the doctor. Um, is what you could hold for an hour. And then the, the classic workout was hold that pace for 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And that's that's not that straining of a workout. If it's a pace that you could hold if you were racing for an hour, but you're only doing it for 20 minutes, that's that's a medium workout. Right. But then what about those runners that are not able to go out and run for an hour? And so that's where you start breaking things down and saying, okay, well, Instead of even going for your your quote unquote hour pace, if you can't run for an hour, start with finding what feels like a medium effort. Don't worry about whether you could run it for an hour or whether you could run it for 30 minutes. Just find something that feels like a medium effort and do it for a few minutes. Take a short break and then do it for a few more minutes. You know, if you've made it to the point where you in fact can run for an hour and you've never done a a tempo run before of I'm going to hold this pace for 20 minutes, then like a great way to start it is 
do four by five minutes with just a short little one minute recovery in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. It's how I transitioned you into being able to do tempo runs. Yeah, I hated tempo runs <laughs> in the beginning. Like that, it was brutal to me to be able to just go out and run for 20 minutes at this pace that in my mind was fast and just hold on for 20 minutes. And it was one of those things I think that one of the things that were difficult for me about the tempo runs was that 20 minutes was 20 minutes. It didn't matter how fast I went. It didn't, because, like, I couldn't get done sooner. Like, because there are some workouts that you're like, well, if I just run it a little faster, then this will stop hurting so much and I'll be done quicker. But you, it's not the same when you're giving me a 20-minute tempo workout. No, it's it's not three by a mile. No. And that's why, so when I altered it, I didn't turn it into two by a mile or three by a mile. I turned it into four by five minutes. Mm-hmm. You have to hold that pace for that time because part of the point of the tempo is being able to get your head around holding this pace for a fixed set of time mm-hmm. not it's it's a great way to actually really dive into the the big point of this episode is grinding out and pushing it doesn't get you a greater benefit mm-hmm. you can't finish the workout faster because you go faster it's just going to hurt even more right. so if you're trying to hold this pace for 20 minutes just hold that pace for 20 minutes mm-hmm. that's that's the workout and that's where you're getting the maximum benefit out of it yeah And so when, when you don't want to go out and just start with like a 20 or 30 minute tempo run, or if you're not quite able to do that yet, like Kevin said, breaking it up with the short recovery, then it's still a tempo workout because your body is still getting used to running that pace, even if it's in smaller chunks. And then by just giving it that small, like one minute recovery and then hitting it again, and then hitting it again, and then hitting it again, you're training your body to what that should feel like. And that small recovery just gives you that nice little mental break and also a, a physical break as well, but it's really more of a mental break. It's not much of a physical break because it's only one minute. Right. And if if you're kind of getting new to running, one minute recovery is not that much to bring your heart rate down. You know, if you're out there and you're like, oh no, I do like 80 to 100 miles a week. One minute recovery is plenty to bring your heart rate down a good chunk. But if you're getting new to running, a minute is is not much. If you're new to speed work, period, you've been running for years and you're just new to trying to hit that tempo pace, a minute is a pretty short amount of time. Yeah, but it gives you that mental break that you know, okay, I only have to hold this for another three minutes or two minutes or one minute. And then you kind of have that countdown in your head where that number starts at five, which isn't that big versus 20, which seems a lot bigger. Yes. And then you can kind of transition it. So four by five minutes, then maybe you can put it into two by 10 minutes. You kind of mix it up and eventually you can, you can run a 20 minute tempo. Yeah, exactly. Breaking it up like that definitely made it easier for me. And now I actually enjoy the challenge of going out for a tempo run at like, you know, even a longer tempo run now, uh, which who knows if you would call it a tempo run. Like, Mm -hmm. is is it a four mile tempo run? You know, if I'm doing it in 30 minutes or 32 minutes, whatever it is, but whatever you want to call it, it's 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 a medium. It's, It's medium. So Now that we want to talk a little bit about this medium moderate pace, let's start out by talking about some of the mental benefits of this medium pace. Well, when when you're training at medium, 
whether it's it's the intensity or the volume or whatever it is, somewhere between most and really all of your workouts should stop before you hit the breaking point. Okay, you should not be hitting workouts where you feel like you have to get scraped off the track day after day because it just it, it mentally fatigues you so much that you can't come back and push again the next day. Part of being able to train at that medium, whether it's it's volume or intensity or a combination of them, is that you can feel the the, the benefit from it without being so strained and drained for the next day and the next day and the next day. But do you feel that a lot of people do that like get to that place in a lot of their workouts because I mean especially when you're talking about real life runners like how many people do you feel are really going to the well that often in their training I think it depends on on what kind of setting they're in I think a lot of people when they get into a group setting Mm -hmm. get into uh, trying to race each other, yeah, especially as the beat. workout goes on. If you're doing quarter repeats in a group, that tends to get a little salty, and uh, salty <laughs> just just kind of gets a little little bit more like a race by the end of that well, thing. It depends on who you're running with, though, too. Depends on who you're running with. Some people, if they have a training plan and they see the numbers on it, they every single time try to beat the numbers. And I'm not saying that's necessarily digging all the way to the bottom of the well, okay, but you don't have to beat the numbers on every single workout. Gotcha. Like that's not the point of the workouts. There's a reason why the coach prescribed those workouts. I was actually listening to a great podcast um, where this professional runner, back when he was in college, the college coach switched on him. What do you mean? When oh, he, like he got a new coach? He got a new coach. Oh, okay. And the coach that he started with, day after day, they were out there, and if they were doing, like, mile repeats, they were hitting mile repeats at, like, 450, and they were just crushing mile repeats. And, I mean, at the end of it, they're all just, like, doubled over, hands on their knees, just sucking for wind. New coach came in. She was like, all right, we're doing six by a mile. And they're all ready for, you know, 450. She goes, okay, it's going to be at uh, 520 pace. Mm-hmm. You're like, well, but, but we, can, we can all handle that. She goes, yes, that's the point. You can all you can all handle this, and they're like, "This is this is not going to work." And they're talking to each other, you know, not in front of the brand new coach because everyone wants to be good for the coach. And they're hitting their paces like they were supposed to. They all show up at the opening meet. They're running times that they were not touching the year before. Because, like they're so much better. Yeah, because they weren't buried. They were gaining so much confidence from being able to successfully hit workout after workout after workout. Mm-hmm. That's one of the other issues of trying to dig so hard is you don't always succeed. And sometimes missing the workout and, and seeing where your limit is says, oh, okay, that's something I can work on to push even harder. But if you miss the, the goal of the workout over and over and over, you're going to start seeing it. I mean, I don't like using the word, but you're going to start seeing it as you failed at the workout. Mm -hmm. We don't like using it, but that's what a lot of people, that's how they perceive it. Right. So if you do it once and you're like, okay, let's see if I can do this. That's not a failure because you're like, I'm going to try something and let's just see what happens with it. What happens if I try this workout and push this hard and you may crash and burn? And I've told this to some of the kids. I've had some of the kids this season do these workouts. I'm like, all right, take this workout out this fast. And you're like, I don't think I can finish it if I start that fast. I'm like, yeah, I know. But we'll, we're, yeah. not, we're not sure. <laughs> we can, Let's see what happens. We can try. Yeah. Let's see what happens if you take this thing. And yes, you entirely could just flame out. But maybe not. But the fact that you approach it with that experimental mindset of let's see what happens, I think that is huge when it comes to coaching these kids through these hard workouts because there are people that go and they don't have a coach, say, right? Like 
people that are just training, they're following a training plan and they type in their goal pace for their half marathon into their online calculator and it spits out a whole bunch of paces at them, right? And so then they say, okay, well, this is what I'm supposed to run my 5K. This is what I'm supposed to do this workout in or that workout in. And if they don't hit those times, even if they only miss them a couple times here and there, they can get so down on themselves mentally that all of a sudden that goal for you know the half marathon or whatever race it was becomes less achievable in their head because they're failing quote unquote unquote failing failing. right at these workouts if they're not hitting these paces so when you start to push really hard and and train really hard and you're not hitting the paces what is that doing to your confidence Right. I mean, that's that's one of my issues with a lot of the online pace calculators. And we've mentioned this in, on several episodes. I know that I've talked about it with, with kids on the team. I've talked about it with other coaches. I'm like, when, when you talk to your kids, when you give them a workout, do you give them a number to hit? Do you give them a range to hit? Do you give them an effort to hit? Like, what is it that you prescribe for them? Yeah. And, you know, some of the best coaches that I've talked to said, um, it depends on the kid. It depends on the day. It depends on the point of the workout. Mm-hmm. It depends on what I'm going for. It depends on if I think that kid can handle not achieving the goal and still be able to run the race this weekend. Because yeah. there's some kids that if they don't hit Wednesday's workout, there's no way they're racing successfully on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And other kids would be like, all right, well, I missed Wednesday's workout, so I better crush it on Saturday. Right. Like they, they can flip it and see like, look, Wednesday does not determine my Saturday. Mm-hmm. But other kids can. So it varies. That's why it's nice to have other people that you can talk to mm-hmm. that you can at least bounce these ideas off of, you know, yeah. have having a running, you know, community around you. Right. And, but the other thing with those online calculators as well is when people put in their numbers to try to find their paces, are you putting in where you currently are or the goal where you want to be? Oh, that's such a good one. Right? Oh, that's so good because like, I so very much believe that you have to train where you are. Well, I think you have to train both. Like you have to train where you are, but you also have to sprinkle in some of the harder stuff to get you where you want to go. Well, see, this is the thing is if you're training, let's say that you can run, let's pick a nice round number. Okay. So 25 minutes for a 5k. Okay. You base your workouts off of being able to run 25 minutes for a 5k. You want to run 24, but you can currently run 25. That doesn't mean that you're doing all of your workouts at eight minute pace because you're going to do some workouts at like your mile effort pace. Right. But it's, it's what a 25 minute 5k would convert to for a mile, Mm -hmm. which is faster than your 5k pace, but it's what a 25 minute converts to not what a 24 converts to. Okay. You train based off of where you are. But if you train based off of where you are, then how do you get to where you want to be? Consistency. Consistency. Consistency, consistency, consistency. And that's, I mean, that was one of the very first things you said in the intro to the entire episode is sometimes being good enough is good enough if you can be good enough day after day after day after day the the coach of i think it was last year's ncaa championship men's team um that was his motto he goes like it was his it was his lesson before the kids headed to the starting line of the ncaa championship meet and they they had a shot of winning the whole thing and he pulled his team aside and he said i don't need you guys to be great today which seems like the most ridiculous thing to tell your team heading to the starting line. Yeah. It was like, I don't need you to be great today. I need you to be good. Because if all of you are good, then we're good enough to win. 
Like, I don't need you to be superhuman because if you're superhuman, then you're going to race. You're going to be all tense. You're going to put so much pressure on top of yourself. Just go out there and do what you're capable of doing. Be good. And if we're all good, then we win the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And they did because no one ran tight. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, even Kipchoge, who is one of the fastest marathoners of all time, all time, arguably the fastest, um, he, he's even talked about this idea of training to 90% in all your workouts, like not going to that 100% mark because you don't have to go to 100% all the time. We've talked about this before with Nick Simmons and how he never went all out in practice and how everybody used to beat him in practices, but then he could reach deeper during the races because he didn't constantly go there day after day after day. So he still had a reserve for the race. Yeah. And I think the, the number of times you have to like practice, can you actually reach down and find that place? The more you race, the more you actually have to, you know, in a race, you dig really deep Mm -hmm. in a race, you see the finish line and no matter how much the legs are hurting, you try and find that finishing kick in workouts, you don't need to push all the way to the end. I mean, would you argue that, I mean, I I wonder, would you even say that you could push to that 100% in just a workout? Depends on how competitive you are with your teammates. Right. But what if you're by yourself? No. Right. I don't think you can. Like, I think that's one of the things that makes a race environment so unique or, you know, training with a team or other people is like, if you have someone that you're competing against that gets you to push to that point, but why would you push yourself to that point without someone else right there? It's really hard to hit a workout, especially on like the faster paces. Yeah. Like there's one thing where it's like, okay, hold this pace and hold it because I've done it. I'm training for a marathon at this point. So I'll find a pace and I'll hold it for like 10, 11 miles. And it's not a comfortable pace, but I can just keep cruising for 10, 11 miles and I can do it solo. But when I try and like hit paces of like mile pace for quarter repeats, that's a whole different place that you're digging to mm-hmm. because I'm out there solo. So in in the mornings where I'm like going up and down the street outside of our neighborhood, there's no one even out there. Yeah. There may be some random dude walking his dog. I don't mind doing these workouts on the track at school even if I'm solo, because I'm doing laps around the football team mm-hmm. and I teach half of them on the team. So they're all like, oh, way to go, Mr. Brown. I know somebody's <laughs> watching me because they're not paying attention to their football practice. But <laughs> And the record <laughs> reflects that. Yes, it does. Um, <laughs> seek greatness in all things. Um, but, you know, they, there's somebody watching. Just the fact that there's that little bit of accountability, even if there's not somebody pushing next to you, mm-hmm. it's nice to have somebody who is at least somewhat holding you accountable, whether it's a coach standing there with a stopwatch, whether it's a teammate, whether it's, you know, your followers on Strava, like whatever it is, somebody's, you know, at least somewhat holding you accountable. So when you're like, oh, this rep hurts, I'd like to stop right now. You don't, you still go for another 30 seconds or whatever it is. Yeah. So pushing to that point is definitely difficult solo. So this is one of the other benefits of going back to this medium pace. Like this is an effort that you can do by yourself. I mean, it's much easier and more fun with friends, but it's one of those things that you can do by yourself and it's not that taxing, but it also makes you bring a mental focus to what you're doing and really be present to what's going on. Or you could literally go the other direction and bring no presence to it and put music on. Mm Mm-hmm. 
you can hold medium effort, especially medium effort solo on a treadmill, Mm -hmm. put on some music and don't even think that you're running and just let it go. Because one of the big things about running at a medium pace is that you're trying to run above easy, but as relaxed as you possibly can. Yeah, because medium should not really be a strain. Like you should feel like you're pushing a little bit more, but it shouldn't be a strain on you. Right. It's, It's this term that my high school coach used and I think coaches have used for decades where like I want you to float this part of the workout and floating is is as I think we've we've mentioned before on the on the show floating is running the same pace but with less effort well coach if I could run the same pace with less effort I'd be running it with less effort he goes really because you look like you're straining really hard I want you to run that same pace but with less effort Mm -hmm. and I think I finally figured out what that is yeah where it's okay you might fall off just a little bit. That's the thing is it's not the same pace. You're going to fall off slightly from really hard to medium, medium difficult because you're just going into such a relaxed place. We did a workout with the kids the other day. It was a classic keep up with coach run. And they love those. They don't. They don't love them at all. (laughs) But it's keep up with coach and there's no reason for them to worry about how fast they're going. The the workout literally is keep up with coach. I will set the pace. You don't need to watch. You don't need to worry about how fast you're going. Just run with me. Mm -hmm. And it's a really great workout for a medium effort. It's not a great workout if I'm pushing them because then they really hate it. Like keep up with coach and I'm booking it. But keep up with coach where it's their medium effort. The idea, the whole point of the workout is shut your brain off. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about how fast you're going. Just tune in to whoever's running next to you, whoever's running in front of you, and just stay in that pack and float as best as you possibly can. Run this medium effort with as little effort as you possibly can. Yeah, when we did this workout last week or the week before, um, the kids were like, oh, it's keep up with coach day, and they were all like moaning and groaning. And then we're like, as we're walking over to the curb where we start our runs, I said, guys, I said, coach is not running his pace. And they're like, (laughs) He's not. I go, no. Coach is running your pace, not his pace, your pace. And all you have to do is keep up with them. And they're like, oh, well, that's awesome. That makes it so much better because then we don't have to think about it. I'm like, exactly. Like they thought that they were going to try to have or try to have to keep up with you. Right. Which is not the whole point. No, like, they're not going to keep up with you. The idea is that I, I run their pace for them. The idea is literally to set them up to race a 5k because one of the best ways to race a 5k is to be able to mentally shut off until you hit the two mile mark. Mm-hmm. Find someone to just go with. Yeah. If you can, if you can just roll for two miles and it's not going to be comfortable, like you're racing a 5k, but if you can not actually tune into your body and try and think about how fast you're going and any sort of effort levels, if you just know you're going the right pace because you're with somebody for two miles, then all you have to do is race one. Mm -hmm. And most people can wrap their head around racing one. So Mm -hmm. don't race three, float for two. Just find somebody and roll with them for two and then deal with pain for one mile. Yeah, that's what I, that's how I ran my fastest 5k is Mm -hmm. I ran it with my friend who I know is capable of going faster than me. And I just said, stick with her. Like all I have to do is stay right here with her. And then she would like start to go ahead and I would kind of start fading. I'm like, no, 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 get back up with her, get back up with her, just stay 
with her. That's all I had to do. And it was the same way that I ran um, a 10K uh, probably a couple of years ago at this point. Um, but there was some girl who I didn't even know, and she was up ahead of me, and she just – I, for some reason, put my vision on her, and I'm like, just keep her at the same spot. Like, don't let her get ahead of you. Just stay with her and just let her pull you along. And I just did that for a while, like you said, until pretty much the last mile. And then that's when people start to push. You know, like going back to that 5K, my friend started to push ahead because she wanted to push that last mile, and she started to gain some ground on me. And she, <laughs> she, I'll never forget, she, like, reached her hand back and, like, motion me like get up here you know like kind of and I was like oh my god this is gonna hurt but then I, I had to start pushing at that point because then there was less than a mile left and I can run less than a mile and I can push hard for less than a mile like because I've done those things before in practice and you know in my training runs I've done those things so it's easier to kind of get to that point in the race if you've done it in your training before. And that's another benefit of those shorter intervals, again, because I'm like, oh, well, I've done this for this amount of time before. Like, I didn't do it with the first, you know, like 15 minutes on the front end of it, but that doesn't matter. Like, right now, mentally and physically, all I have to do is run this amount of distance at this pace. And I've done that before. You said mentally and physically, mentally, therefore physically. Yes. <laughs> like you, it's whatever you can wrap your head around. That's what you're going to be capable of doing. And the mm -hmm. closer the finish line is, the easier it is to wrap your head around. When you take off, you know, if, if you're aiming for a PR in, in a 5k, oh, let's pick something longer. You're aiming for a PR in a half marathon yeah. and you're trying to wrap your head around running a set pace for an hour and 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. That seems overwhelming. Yeah. Like you can't have that entire race in your head at once because you're not going to be able to get it. Like it's just going to be like, wow, there's no way I can hold that for the entire time. Mm -hmm. You want to get really far into that race before you start actually thinking, okay, wait, how fast am I going? Is this a good pace? Like, and hopefully you're just cruising and you've got that, that your training is, has said, all right, this is my half marathon pace. And you just kind of drop into that, you know, last, last half marathon I ran, I just fell into a pace that I thought this is roughly where I can go. And I wasn't really worried too much about what the mile splits were is I knew it was roughly in the zone of what I could run for a half marathon. And then as it got towards the end of it, I started actually like checking splits and being like, okay, am I slowing down? Am I actually holding a good pace here? But by then there was like a 5k left. Yeah. You know, once you hit the 10 mile mark in a half marathon, shoot, you've trained to run a half marathon. You can totally do a 5k. Yeah. And your brain just thinks about the 5k left. Your brain does not usually usually flip back and be like, dude, I just ran 10 miles. You run a 5k. Your brain's like 5k to go. I've got it. It's a 5k. <laughs> Sometimes that other voice definitely comes in though. But you, Which usually... always starts its lines with dude. Dude, what are you talking about? I'm going to take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> but usually you can silence it pretty quickly, I think, depending on what's going on in your head and in your body. There was actually uh, a great article that I was just reading this uh, just a couple days ago that was all about like when you're in a workout, don't worry about the entire rep that you're doing. Don't worry about the entire workout that you're doing. Just worry about the next two steps that you're going to take. Mm -hmm. You know, and we've been in races before where somebody starts pulling ahead a little bit and you're like, ooh, I'm going to have to slow down. I can't keep up with this person. Sure you can. You can keep up with them for the next three steps. Mm -hmm. The reason why you slow down is you don't think you can keep up with them for the next three miles, the next mile, whatever the distance is between you and the finish line. Mm -hmm. But if the 
finish line was right in front of you, you could keep up with them for the next three steps. Mm-hmm. And the whole point of the article, it was a brilliant article that was like, don't worry about the whole thing. Sometimes you get so wrapped up in trying to, to get your head over the entire race, just worry the next three steps. And then after that, just worry about the next couple of steps and then the next couple of steps. And maybe once you've done that several times, you're through whatever rough patch and it doesn't hurt as much anymore. And you're just able to flow for a little while. Mm-hmm. Cause usually once a race gets bad, if you can get through the rough patch, it'll get good again. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of getting through the rough patch and you get through the rough patch a step at a time. Yeah. You don't get through the rough patch by saying, all right, four more miles to go. You say, all right, what do I got for the next three steps? Mm-hmm. Cool. What do I have until that tree over there? What do I have until that light post? Yeah. Just break it down into really small intervals. Yeah. And I think that that's one of the benefits of breaking down these medium effort into those intervals, because not only will it allow you to build up to those longer stretches of time at that medium pace but when you are in those rough patches in those races you're like oh remember that workout that I had where we did you know five by a mile I can do another I can do another mile or I can do another half mile I can do another this or whatever it is like you're like I've done that before and so you can start to break up your race into those chunks and when you break up the race into chunks they are much more digestible mentally and physically because you're like okay well I got through that one check that off the box like I don't know about you guys but I'm someone that likes to make lists and check off boxes because it just feels more rewarding it feels like that sense of accomplishment when you check off a box heck I will even write something down after I've already done it just so I can check off a box she's not kidding I've watched her do it Yes, this is a real thing. So when you can mentally check off boxes in your race, that's just proving to you that you are on the way to achieving that goal. Yeah, that's why one of the courses that we run on I don't know. I've never actually raced on it, but it seems like it would be really nice because it has every quarter mile marked and every kilometer marked. Mm -hmm. So you can break that race into as many little pieces as you want. You know, when I go off on, on long runs, I like to do the math. I like to figure out what the fraction is of how far I've, I've gone. Mm-hmm. You know, I haven't I gone. I do that a lot in my head too. I have not gone super, super long in a while since health issues of 2017. But last weekend I hit my first 20 in, in a while. And I hit the one mile mark and I went, Nah, I don't want to do that math right now because 5% <laughs> done just doesn't sound really comfortable. It does not sound very comfortable. <laughs> but, but sometimes, you know, once you're after the halfway point, you know, 55% for some reason seems so much better than 45% because yeah. it's almost like you're on the downslope. Oh, totally. Like, right, and I'm cruising in now. No, you have nine miles to go. Nope. Nope. Cruising into the finish More line. More than halfway. <laughs> yep, for sure. But I want to talk just briefly again about these broken up runs of, of at the medium pace because one of the things I think is very important that we talk to our runners about as well is not breaking the speed limit because there are some workouts that we do and Kevin will tell them, okay, you guys, if you want to break the speed limit on this one, go for it. You know, like he'll give them a suggested pace and he's like, if you want to go faster than that, that's fine. But for these, a lot of these, you know, tempo runs or medium pace run, that's not the point of the workout. So You might feel like you're not going hard enough because you're like, well, it's a workout day. I should be pushing harder than this, but that's not the point. You have to actively not slow yourself down, but hold yourself back from pushing harder because you have to understand that that's not the point of that workout. Right. I mean, these workouts by definition are going to be totally achievable. 
a the classic tempo run that we mentioned earlier. It's a pace you could hold for an hour, but you hold it for 20 minutes. Right. So of course you could run faster than that. You're only running for 20 minutes. There's, you know, if you want to do three by a mile at 10K pace, shoot, even five by a mile at 10K pace. It's a pace that you could hold for six straight miles and you're doing it with one mile at a time with breaks in between. Mm-hmm. You know, when the kids had Keep Up With Coach Day, there was one of the girls on the team who kept one-stepping me. Ooh. Like, what are you doing? Like, don't one step. You're going faster than you need to be. You're don't pushing be yourself stepper. so hard. And I can, I, she's got the music in her ears and like, she's over there like, <laughs> I'm like, just slow down. Like the point of this part of the workout is to run as relaxed and comfortable as possible, not to keep pushing yourself. You know, because a lot of these times you can do a a medium workout where you start it with medium stuff and then finish with some pretty fast speed. Mm -hmm. So you kind of build up the fatigue on the front end and then see if you can knock out some quarters or 200s on the back. But if you're pushing too fast on the front end, then you're not able to actually hit hard enough on the back end because you're like, no, 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 I can beat the time on the front. And as though that's going to justify missing the times on the back. It doesn't. Hit the time on the front and then hit the times on the back end of it. Right, because that's how the workout is designed and those are the adaptations that you're supposed to be getting for that workout. The workout is designed to be achievable. It's designed to be achievable both physically and mentally because the goal is to feel comfortably uncomfortable. You should be able to achieve that workout if you are comfortably uncomfortable. Yeah, and this girl who was who was pushing on me was not comfortably uncomfortable. <laughs> she was purely uncomfortable. Yeah. She I mean, she finished the the medium part of it and I mean she was done. That was hands on knees and gasping for air. I'm like, you went too hard. Mm-hmm. And I mean, she was like, no, coach, I'm feeling, I've, I felt good. So I wanted to push that part. I'm like, yeah, but you're done for the rest of the workout. You're not going to hit the rest of it because you went too hard. Yeah. So when you finish these workouts, you really should feel like, okay, well I could go out and I could do another mile or I could do another rep or I could do another set. Like you probably wouldn't want to do the whole workout again. You wouldn't want to do all 20 minutes or all five reps or 10 reps or whatever it is that you did that day, but you could go out and you could do more. Yeah. I mean, that goes back to Kipchoge's quote about he likes to go to about 90% in workouts. It's not that he's not going fast. He has plenty of workouts where he is really pushing the pace where he's dropped. I mean, he's a marathoner, but there's days where he'll drop down to like mile pace and he is flying on those, but the volume is limited so that Maybe he does six by a 200, eight by a 200, but he could clearly go out there and do more. It's just not necessary. He's got the benefit of hitting that speed and he could do more, but doesn't need to. So that's part of the the whole medium effort also is even on days where you're really pushing, you know, you're doing 200 repeats at like level nine effort. That can still be technically a medium day if you only do like four of them instead of eight of them, you know, eight of them could be as hard as you possibly go. But if you stop at four, yeah, it's not that bad. It's not that bad at all. Like you can totally get through four of them. It's the extra reps that made it into a hard day. Mm -hmm. Not, not hard effort. It was a hard effort at rep number one, but because you stopped at four, that's a medium day. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's both intensity and volume of the workout. Okay. Yeah. So ultimately the point of this episode is 
be good consistently. Like that is what you need to do. Like you don't have to be pushing to that higher level all the time, but you should be pushing to that level where you are good consistently day after day after day. Right. Be good, be good consistently and eventually you become great. You don't need to be great every single day. You don't need to scrape to your absolute core every single day. I think you need to be great every single day. I know, but you don't need to have the like 100% hustle, grind it, you yes. know, that's the thing. It's it's part of the whole like anti-hustle campaign, you know? I agree. Like you don't have to push so hard every mm-hmm. single day to be great. You have to be good consistently and that is great. Ah, uh, yes. Like the train smarter, not harder kind of thing. Exactly. Training smarter involves finding all these levels. It involves finding your easy for almost all of your runs. It involves tapping into your hard pace on an occasional basis. It involves finding this medium effort. It involves not making every workout a race, not leaving your races on the track on workout days so that when it comes to a race, you can still actually race. It's it's looking at the whole picture of having the recovery, having the medium, having the mental training and the physical training. It all comes together. Yeah, exactly. So if you would like some help with your training, we would love to help you. We do take on some personalized clients and we do have a couple of spots remaining for that. If you are interested in some personalized training, you can go to the website realliferunners.com and fill out our coaching application and in just a few weeks next month we will be opening up our new program the real life runners training academy which we are so excited to bring to you guys it is going to be filled with all of the things that you need to be a better runner and to train smarter and to avoid injury and to do the things that you need to do that to help you achieve those goals. If you want to run a half marathon, if you want a PR, there are things that you should be doing. And that's what this is all about. And we are so excited to bring that to you guys. So again, make sure that you keep your eye out for that. Okay. So like I said, we have a Facebook group, which is our real life runners tribe, which is an awesome and supportive group of people that are just there to help you along your running journey. And if you want to be a part of that, you can also request access on the website, realliferunners.com. And today we wanted to highlight another member of that tribe, which is our runner of the week this week, who is, drum roll please, Joanne Thwaites. Woo! (laughs) So congratulations, Joe, and thank you for all that you add to our group. Thank you for sharing about your running journey. Joe is running the Chicago Marathon this weekend, and she is going to go out there and crush it. We just know it. Send some positive vibes towards the Midwest. Yeah, so Joe is from the UK, and she is... Um, one of those people that loves to seek adventure. Yes, yes, definitely somebody who likes to seek adventure, someone who likes to inspire her family, someone who likes to inspire everybody around her, actually, mm-hmm. uh, with her running journey. So um, it's really nice to, to follow. She's always bringing that positive attitude with every run, whether that run ends up with tripped and fall and skinned up knees or... A, a Which she co- usually just laughs off. Right. <laughs> Whatever the run is, it's always a great one because it is simply a run. Yeah. Uh, and she has such a positive attitude and it is so apparent and she brings so much to the group. So Joe, we commend you and we thank you for being a part of our tribe. Now go out there and kick Chicago's butt. (laughs) (laughs) 
So thank you everybody for spending this time with us today. We so appreciate that you listen and leave us reviews on iTunes and come over and find us on Facebook and Instagram. We, we are real life runners everywhere, real life runners.com, real life runners on Instagram, on Facebook, you name it. So if you'd like to connect with us, we would love to connect with you and hear more about your story and your running journey. This has been the real life runners podcast, episode number 109. Now get out there and run your life.